It's the Paul Patterson and Tom Scallon podcast show. They're talking the walk and not about sloppy, sloppy Joes. So, talking walk, talk, talking walk. Talking walk, talk, talking walk. Talking walk, talk, talking walk show. Welcome back to Talking the Walk. This is episode 47. Rick Flair. Woo! I am Paul Patterson. And I'm Tom Scallon. Jake Brown and his original music, Bailey Bishop and her original artwork. Social media director, Tyler Stanley, Joe Martin, fact checker, and then of course, Jeff Gravy, marketing. We're going to see if maybe we can get this episode done quicker than 90 minutes. That's what we're, that's what we're shooting for. Watch update. 31 days of closing all three rings, right? So far, 12 for 12. So we're good. Okay. So what, are you, what are you doing with your watch? It's all three rings. So the, the 30 minutes of exercise, the 860 calories, and the 12 hours of moving. Um, all three of those have to be closed each of the days of the month of May. So 12 for 12 so far. And to be honest with you, I have not been getting up and walking in the morning. This isn't a confessional. This is just conversation um have not been getting up and walking in the morning because remember i told you last week that i'm turning into a uh, fire pit snob that the weather has to be just right i'm tired of walking in cold weather and bundling up yeah and it's been it has been consistently 30 degrees in the mornings i'm just i'm not doing it it's probably my fault because i made kind of a resolution that if if it got warmer I'd start walking the dog. Just get up, walk the dog. Don't care if I'm late back from soccer. I mean, I gotta, I gotta take care of the dog. Even though we got the fence and the dog can run, but she still likes her walks, of course. It's too cold. <laughs> so I can't get up and do it. Yeah. Even though it used to be I'd go out in January with my big puffy coat and everything and be fine. I don't know. The last the pandemic made me made me soft, I guess. So you're telling me that Mother Nature is in your corner. Um, to keep you inside and not walking in the morning. Yes. So it's, okay. um, you get a little more sleep. It's cold out there. Fair. Fair. But again, I could, I could put all my layers on and put my, the same puffy coat that you have. I could put that on and go walk. I just don't want to layer up right now. It's May. Give me, give me high forties, low fifties in the morning and I'm in, but man, it's just cold. Cold. Okay. So here's our question. Are you ready? Yes. What? And I'll go first. I'll give you three examples for me. What strange or odd food concoction do you like eating? Okay. Here's my first one. I love cottage cheese and I love A1 steak sauce. And I happen to also love them when they are together. And it doesn't have to be, it could just be a bowl of cottage cheese and I put A1 steak sauce in it, mix it up and then eat it. Love a1 steak sauce and cottage cheese together. Next one. This is from my upbringing um, in Southern Wisconsin on Highway 11. Swiss cheese, not baby Swiss, although I, I will eat that too, but, but true Swiss cheese with Botchman's brown mustard on it. And it's basically the stone ground mustard. It is fantastic. Swiss cheese, Plotchman's mustard. 
And it's got to be the film, the coarse mustard. Disgusting. Horse radishy, you know, where you take a bite and it comes back up through the the backside of your of your throat into your into your nasal cavity. Clean job. The only time the only time I've ever had mustard is if McDonald's doesn't make my hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> it's also also sometimes when you have a Dr Pepper that you don't want. <laughs> Not always, but occasionally. McDonald's. Here's my last one, and this one I apologize for anybody that has a weak stomach. Um, but this is, this is my heart attack waiting to happen. My mother long ago, when she would brown hamburger, taught me about getting the hamburger pushed to one side in the pan, tip it ever so slightly to get all the grease to run to one side, stick a piece of bread in that grease, flip it over, put salt on it, and then down the hatch it goes. Absolutely a delicious fat man treat. So is there no hamburger? It's just, just grease. little pieces of residue of hamburger, yep. but no, yep. no like yep. you didn't spoon any hand. So I, I don't think I could ever do that, but I I'm bet pre- you could. I'm when pretty you close. Taste it, oh, I'm pretty close in that. My mom would always brown hamburger and then put it in the fridge and then you could warm it up mm-hmm. and then I'd get pieces of wheat bread and it would always be really greasy. Sure. And so. So my bread would be greasy. So you've got the hamburger in there. So I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not fat man in it as much as you. You're there. And I know how much you love salt with that. You'd be in. Yeah, don't tell everybody. Don't well, Melanie doesn't listen, so we're good. You'd, <laughs> you'd be in. You're in for that. Anyway, it is, it is delightful delightful okay so those are my three what do you got what do you got well of fritos three, and cottage cottage cheese fritos and cottage cheese that's a yeah, little bit of a strange i'm always fritos and, and cottage cheese um of the three you gave i am a little interested in the greasy salty piece of bread love it love it let's do it um my upbringing upbringing my dad always said this was a delicacy he would take uh, hot dogs, chop them up, and then put them in scrambled eggs. And I think that's so good. Um, they're most everybody in the house, like everybody else, does not think that's a delicacy. Sure. They they think that's one of the worst things they could ever have. Now, the the interesting thing is, is you have shared with with our listeners before about your love of hot dogs and bologna. So yeah. I'm not shocked by that one. Uh, well, what was I eating when, when I was running late and came on for the podcast? A bologna sandwich, I'm assuming. No, it was hot dogs. Oh, it was. Okay. I couldn't Angus, tell. I... Angus beef Oscar Meyer hot dogs. Ooh, that's a good one. That's high quality. And then you then you take the bun, or not the bun, because I don't use buns. I use wheat bread. That and, would be why I was thrown off. Yes. And then you take that and you sop up the, the hot dog grease. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, no, 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 that's not a look of like disgust. That is a look of, there is no doubt you're all in on a grease sandwich with me. I told you it intrigued me. <laughs> you are all in. There is no doubt. And it is delicious. You will, you will be pleasantly surprised. The issue becomes, and this is where, where Brad Criswell and I have had a conversation, how you have to be very cautious about the dip, the length of dip. You can't dip for too long, otherwise it gets too soggy. You have to, you've got to get in and get out. 
Get in and get out. That's just like Seinfeld and cleavage, right? Yes. In and out. When you're looking at cleavage, yes. 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 Seinfeld is when Seinfeld right. is. Right. Correct. Um, and George gets caught. It's the same. It's the same dif- difference with if you actually did a um, a beef burger. Some call it the loose meat burger. Sure. Where I, sure. I take the wheat piece of bread, I spoon in the grease, I warm it up. And then the bottom of the bread that you fold up like a taco. If you if you don't eat it fast enough, you're gonna lose everything out the bottom. Yep, too soggy, too soggy. So you have to be careful with that. But otherwise, you're good. Okay, are you ready for the confessional or not? Or do you have do you have another well, one for? No, the only the last thing I'm gonna say is that, and if you do do, um, <laughs> do do. But if you do beef burgers like that, <laughs> uh, you feel like you're really not eating a bunch of calories. For all those people that are concerned with fitness on our podcast listener world, I'm sure Dennis is listening. Um, you could have like four pieces of bread with hamburger meat on it and down those real quick. And you feel like you didn't eat, you know, just had a little snack. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way about those grease sandwiches back in the day, but I don't eat that. I will tell you, I do not. So we had hamburgers over the weekend. And the plate that I brought the hamburgers up on at the end, after people, you know, everybody was taking their hamburgers off, there was quite a bit of grease on there. And so I took the top of my bun and I sopped up the grease on there and then flipped it over. And Christy was utterly disgusted by that. Um, So I thought it was absolutely magnificent as far as the taste. But I don't, I don't, I can't believe your wife was disgusted by that. Yeah. So I don't do the grease sandwiches very often. Like we're talking once every two years, once every three years, once every, I mean, it, it's, it is very, very rare that I get that done anymore. It used to be all the time. Embarrassingly enough, as I say that out loud, it used to be every time we did hamburger, I was sneaking bread and getting it in there really quick before anybody could see me hammering it. So we just need to dare everybody to try the grease sandwich, including me, try something new every day. And, and I think they should do the, the Fritos and cottage cheese. Oh, I thought you were going to go hot dogs and, and scrambled eggs. I well, can get that. I think I could get hot dogs and scrambled eggs. Then. I love both of them too. I love hot dogs and I love scrambled eggs. Hell, if my dad would have thrown cheese on there, he would have been on a cooking show. <laughs> and some cilantro at the, on the top. So let us hear what you have for a strange or odd food concoction that you you like to eat i'm i'm curious to hear what that is come on what do you got all right here's the confession we're going to get serious here um there is a video going around on on uh, twitter about and it looks like it's in texas or tennessee maybe because it looks like maybe the titans where they've got two kids youth and we're talking young first second third grade they're not very old and and they come around the corner, come around the corner, and the one kid just hammers the other one. I, I am, I, I am probably more disturbed than I thought I would be, but I, I am unable to comprehend in what world we we think that that's awesome and that we're celebrating that. I, so that's my confession. My confession is that that video has has greatly disturbed me, um, and, and that I saw, and and obviously. Somebody thought it was awesome, but most of the things that I have seen from, from that point forward have been, you know, to, to condemn what it was that they were doing in it. But at the same time, we're, it's still happening. 
who are the, who are these people that are coaching these kids to teach them to do that and thinking that that's okay? I'm struggling with it. That's all. No, I, I totally agree. I saw it and I was lost for words. There was nobody, you know, nobody to talk to because I'm just watching it myself. But, and then, so being the father of a little guy that thinks he's going to be a football player and I'm all for it. You know, I think about him being in that drill and somebody uh, more gifted at it, just laying him out like that. Well, not even laying him out, being put in a position to, to strike their heads against each other. Yeah. I mean, it's the best thing about it is when I went through all of the replies, somebody said, everybody's like, that drill should be outlawed. This is somebody else said the drill shouldn't be outlawed where they're making contact should be. And yeah. that coach should be, he, that coach should be out. You know, yeah. they should yeah. be, they could gator tackle that. They could shoulder tackle that. And that would be a perfectly fine angle tackle drill. Um, but it, I don't know if you need to go run around teaching what age were they? They looked, young. I'm telling you, they looked young. They looked, they looked second, third grade. Like they like just learning how to play football. Yeah. It, and, and if you haven't it seen bad. it, I'm not saying you should go watch it, um, but it, it, it's tough. To, it, I thought it was tough to watch. And then the, the worst part outside of, of them filming that and essentially celebrating that was you watch that, that kid that got hit, you know, the tackler who, who took the punishment, you see his reaction, which is he rolls over and then comes to his knees and he's still got his head on the ground. And you can tell that that hurt like crazy. That's a kid that probably will never play football again because of that. And I, and I think that's I'm right with you. I'm right with, they, to me, it looked like they took his spirit. Yeah. Oh, I know physically rough, he was probably hurting but for, for a game that I love a whole lot to watch somebody allow that to happen. You know, we all like the big hit. I love college football, pro football, but you're talking about 18 to 22 year old men, or you're talking about super athletes. DK yeah. Metcalf running in some track meet and still running at whatever it was, 10-3-5, 230 pounds. And 6-5, 230 pounds, 6-3, yeah. 10-3. That's a whole, a whole different deal when, when we see that hit because they train for that. Little kids don't train for that. Well, it didn't look like he probably had any training other than he came around the corner and just was getting ready to run into the guy and he just got it. Oh. Anyway, that's my confessional very disturbed by by that and um I, that is part of the reason why i'm so excited about what we did here three years ago with dow center grimes dcg and adm as for in johnston as far as the uh, changes in youth football trying to avoid things like that there's just no place for that anywhere in youth sports anywhere not just football but just anywhere if, if things like that are going on you got a confessional no hey, okay We'll go to feedback. Did you like the long pause? We're getting yeah. close to the anniversary. Did you like the long pause? It was good. It was appropriate. So this one is from Natalie Snyder. Um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to publicly apologize. I, I apologize to her in the email, but I'm going to publicly apologize that we, we did not respond uh, sooner or, or see it. She had sent in a reply and, and tried to message us through the Facebook, um, but, but did not get that. And so she ended up sending me a um, sending me a message through email, which worked out perfect. So, hi, I listen every week. I wrote into your Facebook page a while ago, but I don't think it ever got checked. I finally had another reason to write in. Jenna Clemens is the girls' rugby coach. 
I asked her and she said they usually have a six week season then tournament bracket style single elimination, which is only 514 this year. My favorite principal is probably Mr. Belding. Excellent answer. And if you, you know, if you're around that age of saved by the bell, it's tough for you not to say Mr. Belding is, is, is up there. And then she says she has um, three wild and crazy sports driven boys. I look forward to listening every week. Thank you, Natalie. So Natalie, one, thank you. Thank you for the update on rugby. Two, um, thank you for responding and sharing with us who your favorite principal was. And three, I again apologize for not um, responding to the Facebook message. Um, I'm pretty impressed that she has three boys involved in sports and still looks forward to A, listening every week and maybe B, the possibility we may coach him. Yeah. Well, just, just the fact that you listen to us, which is good. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, we, could get, we could get fired and do this, you know, all the time. Whew. Boy, I'd have to be better at accepting money. Now, wait a second. Has somebody offered you money? Are you yeah, not cutting me in on the money? Oh, my God. Shut up. Long ago, I told you somebody offered to pay for the Zoom subscription. Because I was like, hey, you, you know, got to help with Zoom subscription. And then they offered to pay for it. And I was like, yeah, I can't take your money. That's what I'm saying. If I was better at it, um, then maybe we could find Well, we need the microphone. Well, what I need is I need, let's say, let's say we should have, we, what we should do is, is, appoint a marketing director to help take care of some of those things. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Yeah. Instead of him running around filming his kids, throwing shot puts and discus, <laughs> maybe he should be marketing. Something. And sprinting. He also had a, he also had one where he was sprinting. That's right. For surely was not from his side of the family. Tommy minor. And I apologize, Tommy. Um, it's Thomas now because he's a professional but he he wanted us to do a uh, a podcast on scheduling ding dong that's what we're going to talk about today and he uh um i'm going to go to part two and then he came back with um grant taylor who is the coach from facing giants or rick flair um to be the man you have to beat the man. And that's the reason why our episode is called Rick Flair is because we're going to talk scheduling. You got to, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. So that's where it comes from. Tommy Minor's idea. Um, and he and I went back and forth just a little bit with that. And that's where we're at. Tim Clay. Um, I'm only a few minutes into the latest podcast, but Tommy is absolutely right. The Clone Wars series adds so much to the movies. It's great. So that would be not Tommy Minor, but Tommy Scanlon. Love the interview with Chris. Was pumped to have him on, as with recent episodes with Lee Nelson and definitely Jeff Gravy. I appreciate I appreciated Chris's insight as an administrator. Having recently gone through the hiring process, I agree 100% with what you all said about the teaching aspect of the interview. Norik does a great job having different groups looking at different aspects of the job, but the lesson piece is huge. I've interviewed at schools that ask you to write an impromptu lesson or describe a lesson but I think the most valuable ones are when you get a person to teach a lesson. Someone can say the right things in an interview, but it's so valuable to see how they actually interact with the students. And I'd give an underrated shout out to the principal in the recent Jumanji series. Nice speech about thinking about who you are and what you want to do with your life. Then transitioning to there's no better place to think about that than detention. So that's a good one. But that was fun. Um, and one from Christy. Number one. 
you should do your 50th episode podcast on location. You've talked about it, so I think you should. And maybe invite it, invite your listeners um, to join you like an open mic night. That or Mel and I could ask you guys the question so you are guests on your own pod. And I told her, so when I, when I had this discussion with her, she was, she was angry with me because she thought I was arguing with her. Really what I was telling her was, and this is the same thing I've told you, to, to do the McLaughlin group, the thing that I worry about because we, have not, we haven't experimented with it is putting us all in the same room and having no microphone. If we're going to do something where we're in, on the, in the same spot, I think we have to have a microphone and that's something that we just, we don't have right now. Um, okay, that. Number two from her favorite burger, the international burger from the Dubuque Mining Company. We used to go there frequently. Uh, a del delicious burger with green olives and Swiss cheese. Always a plus to enjoy the burger with a cave-in to drink. A cave-in was their famous drink that was absolutely enormous and um, contained lots of alcohol. And then number three, also forgot to say last time, I would definitely drive faster to pass before my exit ramp, which you know. And yes, she would definitely drive faster to pass. I know. She's been behind me getting mad at me for not going faster. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't know if it's a good idea to have the two of them ask us questions. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we'd have to vet the questions prior to them. And then I think that's still... what she's saying that, that listeners would, would ask us, you know, send their questions in and those two would be the ones that would ask those questions from the listeners. Yeah, that's somehow, the way I was how I feel that neither of them would follow the directions. That's also probably very accurate. Oh. Did I? Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. So Jeff Gravy. So holy cow. Feedback. Star Wars. Best one is Empire. Favorite is Return of the Jedi for same reason Paul said. Did Paul pull a sculpt move by sort of naming two Star Wars movies? Um, I answered the question, which was Return of the Jedi, my favorite one. That's my favorite one. I did. I said I thought the best one I gave my I gave a best, but my favorite is still Return of the Jedi. And it, and I don't care what movie comes out, Star Wars wise. Return of the Jedi is always going to be my favorite one. Well, you don't know that. Obi Wan Kenobi is going to come out. You don't know it. It's a childhood thing. Be well, tough, then, that, please. then that's not that your your criteria. It, we need oh a rubric, God. proficiency scales. We need to really look at this. I'm the at risk guy, and I say Return of the Jedi is going to be my bay <laughs> forever burger my grill yes i am a skult member but if i'm going out zombie burger flamethrower hands down so what we have is we have a lot of narcissistic grillers that either are on the pod or listening to the pod because they find their their burgers to be the best whatever I don't think that's not narcissism that's just understanding your abilities so he He's very positive with this next piece. You will become a track pro. My first meet, I was calling, not calling scratches in the long jump. I thought they could go on the board, just not past it. No one told me until Matt Rampton corrected me. Glad to hear that Basinger was able to pull, pull a Jedi mind trick and get hired at Norwalk, just like me. Favorite principal, Miss Hogarth, Uncle Buck, here's a quarter. Why don't you go down to the, the, the uh, beer and have a rat and all that thing off your face. Ha, I'm, I'm, uh, Molly Russell's ward. I'm not Molly Russell's ward. Um, oh, here comes. Anyway. You awesome. schmitzed it there. 
and I didn't know that you couldn't be on the, the board until he sent that feedback to us. I thought you could be. I thought the stripe, the whatever on the long jump. Oh, okay. That just educated me because I thought you could touch it. Well, good thing you, one, don't have any track athletes. And two, <laughs> um, you're not a, uh, an official over there for the, for the uh, track. Yeah, there's not a lot of scallons that jump for long distances. Um, so excited for Jake and our homegrown wrestling team. And then I, I rebuttaled. Um, and then he just, he liked what I said, which was, it was fairly long. And I'm, I'm not going to read all that. And then Joe Martin, she does a really good job of, of clarifying things for us. Good morning, tennis etiquette, correct. Most of the time, it's a quiet court. You typically do not clap applaud if a player makes a mistake or miss a hit. But you do applaud on good shots that the opponent can't reach, an ace, or if you put away a volley. So I thought that was really good. And then she agreed, yes, we need to hire coaches, please. That was the other thing that she put in there. That's it for feedback. Did you get any? Um, no. Oh, this week, weird. oddly enough, this week I didn't. Oh, that's weird. Normally you do. You get something. Something, yeah. Not really. All right, high school sports. We're going to start with golf. Conference was this week. Uh, I do believe the boys finished fourth, girls third, conference tournament. Um, no, girl, boys finished third too, I think, or also. I think they finished third. Um, so Jake Brown's uh, run at – Golf coach of the year went out the window. Um, had he brought home two championships, two for two, good chance he might have been golf coach of the year, but unfortunately didn't bring that home. This well, I hope he takes this as a learning opportunity, you know, that he might have saved wrestling, but he didn't save golf. So, yeah. yeah. So he's next year because I'm sure they'll need somebody again. All right, rugby, here we go. Here's the update. First and foremost, if you type in, this is, and I, and I probably should have added this in confession. If you type in Iowa high school rugby, um, it comes up. So girls only has one class. They have Southeast Polk, Des Moines, Roosevelt, Cedar Falls, Waverly, Shell Rock, Ankeny, Dowling, Norwalk, Indianola, and Adele um, that are going on. And then the boys have two. They've got a, a 2A and a 1A. And so for us, I'll just talk about, talk about the 1A. 1A, it is Waterloo Columbus, Central Springs, Bondurant Farrar, Norwalk, Denver, Van Meter, Crestwood, Madison County, Mason City, and Iowa City. Those are the ones that we have. And if you're doing any driving whatsoever in Norwalk, you know that uh, the boys have, have made it to state. And I do believe that the girls also, just because it's their first year, they've got one class. And so I think everybody made it uh, for them. So both boys and girls rugby for us are have made the uh, made the rugby state tournament, which is really exciting for us. And I and I you know the like the girls practice at um, Billy O. The, the boys practice out back uh, on the east side of the of the middle school, and so they get displaced just a little bit. Don't have anything in the in the home stadium, and uh, have have done a fantastic job of of running that. And I'm sure they play sometime this week. And and uh, good luck to them. Tennis. Do you know, do you know who's won like the last nine state championships for rugby? Southeast Polk? Yes, that's a good answer. 
Yeah, because they're they're number one both in the boys and the girls right now. <laughs> girls are undefeated, the boys, I think. But that's in 2A for the boys, so we don't have to play them uh, as far as state goes. But they play them in the regular season. Um, tennis, I know that boys had, had their uh, district today, and I don't think anybody made it through. They had conference on um, Monday, and I don't know how the girls did. I think the boys ended up fifth, I think, at conference tennis. Um, track, we hosted the conference track meet. You know, we talked about that last week. Um, and then the boys for sure had a, had a meet at Pella on Monday. And that was their last opportunity for the JV and the varsity to compete. Um, so the JV, JV boys were done. And then tomorrow night, boys and girls um, district meet at Waukee. That's a big, big meet um, competing at the 4A level. And then soccer, um, girls had two rough games. They lost to Valley, lost to Ames. Um, tight games. Uh, Valley was not. Valley was not. What was it, 3-0? Valley was three zero, yeah. And then, and then Monday night Ames was was tight. And then last night scored in the first two minutes on a corner kick against Down Center Grimes and held on to win one nothing, um, which puts them in sole possession of the Little Hawkeye Conference um, standings. And then you can talk about the boys' side. Well, well, we kind of had the same. Uh, we played Ames uh, after the girls. It was a boy-girl doubleheader senior night at Ames. Always, yeah. right? At the Ames yeah. is always just varsity boys and girls for whatever reason. Don't know why that or how that. And usually, and usually here. Uh, so we went into double overtime with we scored in the last two minutes. Went into double overtime, won in PK shootout. Keegan Trebelcock, uh had like three PK saves. Um, that's my John Stageman impression. Um, so he did great, and then uh, we played Dallas Center last night, and we looked like a team that got home at midnight after playing 100 minutes, where we were pretty strong, and then, you know, there's no excuses, but we did look a little tired. So lost four to one. They pounded us at the end. You know, we, we pushed people forward to try to get – we were down 2-1 with 10 minutes left. We pushed people forward, and they uh, – countered and struck back so they have it's disappointing because had we won we would have been conference champs they have a very prolific score correct Nelson and Grimes yeah Pickford their target guy is really good and he draws people and he's he's fast enough and he's strong enough um, and then it seems like every time he passes he finds this guy Pickford the all-time leading scorer or the single season record scorer and he hammers the ball home and that's what happened last night uh two three times so yeah and and i mean they're, they're like 13 and two Dow center grimes is yeah i mean it's i guess my point to that is is it's not like you lost one to four against somebody who is seven and seven you know what i mean i mean they they have won some some games they beat they beat pella three one Three two, they came back. I mean, it, so they're good. I mean, it, they're good at soccer. They're a good team. Yeah, um, and I still greatly bothered by your schedule. You have you have like seven games in one week. Then the next week you have one game. And then and then this week you have two games. 
not not like Tuesday, Friday, or Monday, Thursday. You have Monday, Tuesday. Well, I do not understand that. It, it may be something that you can talk to Dustin about because um, he's tried to, I think, talk to other people about that and it hasn't worked out well. Fair enough. Um, and then you added a, uh, added a JV2 game tomorrow night at Van Meter, home of the Bulldogs. Yep. All right. I yep. Trying to get more minutes for the get for the kids. I think that's it, right? As far as high school sports, I don't, I, I don't know of anything else that we did. We miss something or not? Nope. Track has their big meet coming up tomorrow. 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 Yep. Yep. And then of course, you know, baseball and softball are still practicing. So we're there. Um, non-sponsor tonight. <laughs> I, and of course we're, we're stuck on food. Well, I am. Um, it's Cheesecake Factory. And the reason why it's Cheesecake Factory is Christy went to eat there with her her girlfriends tonight and brought me home a slice of, and I think it's Adam's peanut butter ripple or something like that. I don't know. They've have, and I told you this before, but they have two peanut butter cheesecakes. This one I think is the best of the two, the Adam's one. And so that's the one she brought home for me. And when I, we're done um, recording this, I am going to hammer that. Oh, so that's why they're the, no other reason other than I'm going to eat a piece of cheesecake tonight <laughs> is the reason why they're the non-sponsor. So thanks, Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, like I said, we're a little bit more of the Oreo cheesecake or uh, the Linda's fudge cake. That's a house favorite. Yeah, I love the two with peanut butter. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not big on either because that's not my dessert. Right. I will do a little of the Linda's fudge cake, but I usually get yelled at because you get a big, you know, the big dollop yep. of the whipped cream. Yep. It is alleged that I take too much of the whipped cream. <laughs> with the chocolate cake i don't think so now would the fudge cake be be as close to like if you were to make it an equivalent in a pie would that be the closest to a french silk pie is that why you no, like it so it's much it's a real it's just a real chocolate chips on the outside a, a very not wedding cake frosting but a very thick chocolate frosting chocolate layers in between it's a real chocolate cake it's just chocolate on chocolate on chocolate which is i don't I can have a few bites. Um, so what really happens is if we get it, we'll get a couple pieces. And so the night that we have, you know, like if we ordered out for cheesecake factory food, we'll all get forks and we'll eat a piece. The other piece sits in the fridge and it's pretty much no holds barred. And uh, Melanie's not afraid to come down for breakfast and just boop, she'll hammer some more of that, you know, <laughs> because she knows if Kennedy's around, it's happening. If Hugh can get in, you know, he never takes it, but if he sees it comes out, he could be asleep somewhere. He could be six blocks over playing and he's running back for that fudge cake. So it, it's a, it's an interesting time when the fudge cakes in the house. I was, I was giving you a look because I just, I, you, you are normally not that. No, not I'm eating that. I just walk over and I'm like, can I have a bite? And of course, you know, there's much reticence. Nobody wants me to have the bite. You don't even like this. I just want a bite. And then I get accused of taking too much whipped cream. Yeah. You know, my, what I got in trouble for tonight, are you ready? My cheesecake costs more than her meal. What did she have? I don't Caesar know, something, salad? something silly, but it just, the, the, and then she also asked me, um, if I read what the calories were on the cheap piece of cheesecake. And I said, of course I did not because I don't care. You know what? That's wrong. Don't bring it home then. 
Don't bring it home and then ask me about the calories on the cheese. So she asked that when I texted it to her. I went out and found it, took a picture of it on my computer and said, hey, it'd be awesome if you brought this home with you tonight after you were done eating. Okay, and now in Christie's, in Christie's defense, did you ask for the cheesecake to be brought home? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, then, then yes, she can go ahead and tell you how many calories is in the cheesecake. So I'm texting. I thought, I thought she just brought it home out of love. And then no, no, she's no. okay. I requested it. I requested it. I didn't passive aggressive um, ask for ice cream on the list, grocery list, blame it on Will. This was straight up me. Um, so I texted it to her and said, hey, can I get a piece of this? You know, will you bring it home? Um, and it's the Adams one. And then she came back and she's like, did you look at how many calories are in that? No, because I don't care. What you really need is a dog. So you, so you could be like, you know what? Spot Spot would really love some cheesecake. Yeah, yeah. Or, or let's say Lucy and Ethel. <laughs> Lucy and Ethel would love some cheesecake. All right, moving on to the Poppin' Burger. We're going to talk. We're going to talk schedules, and of course, <clears throat> with with the help of Tommy Miner, you have to be the. In order to be the man, you have to beat the man. So we're going to talk some schedules. And so here's the first thing: What kind of sport are you playing? I think that's the very first thing that we have to take a look at when we're talking schedules. How are you going to schedule things? And are you a team sport or are you an individual sport? And that's what I mean by what kind of sport you are. We're going to talk about, um, we, we could also talk about how physical your sport is, like football versus golf. You know, and I know that's team versus individual, but something along those lines. Um, I, I think that makes a huge difference. Are you an individual sport or are you a team sport um, when it comes to that? That's the first thing. What do you think when you when you're looking at what kind of sports you are? Um, if that should be the first criteria or the first when you say the first thing you think about. So if if I am if, if, as the head football coach, I I'm a I'm a team sport. So I know what it is that I'm walking into as far as what I want to schedule and where where I want to go. If I'm the if I'm Steve Wormerskirken and I'm the boys and girls golf coach. I have a different approach to where I'm scheduling to go do golf meets. So I've lived in a couple different worlds. When we were um, 2A in soccer, uh, it was more about we're going to schedule everything hard and we don't care what our record looks like because when we go to state, if you put us as the eighth seed and we beat the one seed, we've just taken over the one seeds, you know, uh, knockout rounds. If we're the seventh seed we and we win, we take over the two seed. So, you know, with, with Krolik and the way he schedules, it's the same now, but now we're in 3A. Um, you know, that that's a different, trying to get to state in 3A is going to be more difficult than it was in 2A. Right. Well, without a doubt. And, so and I, then take a look at golf. You know, where's where's the state golf meet? Where's the conference golf meet? How many, how many meets can you schedule there so you become more familiar with that course? Okay, so that, that would be one thing. Wrestling, you know, where, where do you go from a team standpoint to put yourself in a position to hit that top 16, top 24, top eight from a team ranking standpoint? I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Also, at the same time, if you can get in with, with teams that are really good, then obviously it's going to push you individually from a wrestling standpoint. 
basketball back in the day, remember this basketball used to be set up five through 15. Your record in games five through 15 mattered for your seating at the end. Now, now obviously seating is, is different. Now you get on the phone and you argue, um, you know, and say, well, I think we need to be here. And, you know, the other team gets on there and says, I think I need to be there. So when, when I am, I guess when I say, am I a team sport versus an individual sport? That's the mentality that, that I'm thinking as I look at scheduling, what's, what's the, what's the setup for, for me when it comes to team versus individual. And then individual wise, do I have, do I have the best tennis player in the area where I'm going to, I'm going to not necessarily care too much about who we schedule as long as I'm getting that person some good looks or do we need to maybe back off a little bit with who we're playing and try to try to get some more experience, which then will help with confidence, which then puts us in a better position at the end of the year. I think there's a lot of things to go along the line of what's your sport. Does that make sense or not? Oh yeah. I, I think every sport probably has uh, their own rhyme or reason for what they do. I think most sports, maybe you'll disagree with this. I, I don't think football has as many of those same concerns because we don't control a lot of those same concerns you know, we, right we just get given stuff well the the and, and we'll talk about that here in just a second but then how physical is your sport i think that's the other thing that you have to you, you know you've got to take a look at you know you could schedule somebody that's really really good at golf and not worry about not being healthy coming out the other side whereas if you schedule somebody that's really really good at we'll say soccer and they're physical you have to you have to have a little bit of concern about how healthy are you going to be coming out of the other side. So I well, think that's, uh, that's a factor. Uh, it's also getting people to understand that um, you can't use it as an excuse. But playing aims before we played Dallas Center had an impact on the game, right? You know, and especially going into so double much, overtime shootout. Yes, it wasn't so much that it's overly physical, but when you get home at midnight and kids are supposed to be at school some of them at 8 a.m. They're still only, they're still high schoolers. So even if they got seven hours of sleep, that's probably more than usual, even though they need nine. Yep. Um, so it's understanding somehow fighting for your sport to get that. Um, I don't want to make it think that Dustin's not fighting for that. He is fighting for that, by the way. So don't fire me yet, Dustin. Um, just to, just to set your schedule up because soccer, you know, is, is exhausting and, there's some physicality that people don't understand either. You know, we're, we're kind of banged up right now. So, yes, I agree with you. I think physicality makes a role, uh, uh, plays a role. I think um, rest time plays a role. I think what seeds you or sets you up for the best seed possible for state we're gonna, or we're gonna districts. We're going to talk about that coming I up right say. now, too. So let's keep going on that because – and then you, have to, then you have to understand your setup. You know, because so, and, and I keep coming back to this and I apologize, but, but basketball used to be games five through 15. What was your record in games five through 15? So you, if you were going to go outside your conference and you were going to schedule somebody tough, you wanted to do that in week four, you know, game four, or you wanted to do that in game 16. You didn't want to do it in between. Not that you're scared to play them. You're just being intelligent about where it is that you place them on your schedule. And so I think that's important. Also remember this, back in the day when, when state soccer used to be two days, 
you played one game on Friday, two games on Saturday, if you, if you got to that point. And remember how you guys used to set that up so that you had at some point in time a tournament that gave you the same scenario. I was going to say that exactly. The reason why we had the Norwalk soccer tournament um, and we brought in tough teams every year, and it was, it was a great tournament, uh, very competitive, hard to come out as the winner of the tournament was exactly that because we knew that we'd have to play a game and then two games if we wanted to get to the title and try and win the title. So the whole purpose for having that tournament was to, and having it midway through the season was to give us a measure of where our conditioning was at. And can we make it through, if we get there, can we make it through that type of weekend? And then also, you know, like from football standpoint, we are, we're districts in RPI, you know, and so understanding that as you get ready to try and help influence the state with your, with your district, you know, your non-district opponents and things like that. So having a very good understanding as to what's going on in your sport is also huge. You know, what's your, what's your qualifying look like, you know, from a, from a conference to a district, to a state tournament, to whatever it is that you have, you know, track is different than tennis, similar, but different, you know, as far as, because tennis has layers, you know, you, you make it through, if they would have made it through today, then they would have another one where they bring two districts together and then they, and they play it out and see what they get. Right. Wrestling. Some coaches, some coaches have a full understanding of what their, their, how to get to the playoff picture is. And they still go out and schedule teams that are really, really tough and really, really physical before yeah. you ever get into your district. It happens. Sometimes that happens. And then, you have, a, you have a sport like wrestling where you have multiple layers because you have an individual side and you have a team side and then how that, how that plays out. And so there's a lot of factors when it comes to scheduling in that, in that, in that aspect, you know, as far as what is your setup for your sport? You have to understand that before you set out to do that. And I think it's important for everybody to have that. But I'm going to throw this in here. Okay. When you start talking wrestling and their setup, at some what point- What is Miri chewing on, by the way? Can you hear her back there? Oh my gosh, yes. Is it a she's deer antler? one of your deer antlers that you- Okay. So she was down here and she's chewing up all the Legos and she's chewing up uh, one of the Lego men. We have, we have the different guy. We have like Darth Vader and Legos and stuff. So she's chewing up important Legos, okay? So I'm trying to get her to stop chewing that stuff up. And she has to be by me because she's my girl. So we got her a deer antler out. So I'm sorry if she's like chowing down. <laughs> now, you, what you should have <laughs> plenty of deer antler for her to chew on. You know what I mean? The, the two antlers I brought you were enormous. Yeah. Now she's really mad at me because I threw her antler across the room. Anyway, she, she likes to be my me and just sit by me and do her thing. That, that wasn't a complaint. I was just wanting to know what she was chewing on. That, that's not, I mean, she can keep chewing. I don't care. I, I threw the antler clear across the room. She smacked her on the butt. She ran over, turned around, looked at me, picked it up, and she went upstairs. Oh. And now she's probably on the wood floor. So now I'm dead. Dang it. Bring but, it back down. Now, the state, I believe they need to get a better handle on what's important to 
fans and coaches. For example, it seems to me that in wrestling, the individual championship weekend is the most important thing that happens in wrestling. And team championships are important, but not as important, or at least historically. Now, this is a guy that knows nothing about wrestling and said Dan Gable was less than like Kurt Warren, which I still agree with. But double um, down, double down on it. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. Get me some cottage cheese and Fritos. So why does the state put this put the team before it and all the coaches devalue the team match? You know, they they don't want their guys to be tired. They don't. Yeah, if you Rest really want TV kids or or yeah. send, I mean, yes, set up set up a system where both things can be valued. Just an aside. Okay. The next thing for me when it comes to scheduling, where are you within your own program? Are you ready for some of the best competition in the state? Are you? Not quite there, and so you need maybe a game or two to gauge, and then the rest of the games you're going to put yourself in a position to be successful. Or are you are you just starting out, not very good, and you need winnable games that you know you have a legitimate chance to win? Where are you? I think that's also very significant when it comes to that. And you know, let's keep going. How many how many years are you setting this up for? We know in football wholeheartedly it's two years. And then you're getting a whole new district and then you got to go through the whole process again. In other sports, it's a home away deal, right? I mean, it's so it's a two-year deal. And sometimes you can get four. Sometimes you can get six. Sometimes you can get eight. It all depends when it comes to a non-conference um, setup. But for the most part, people are, and I'm talking like a basketball situation, wrestling, where, where you're, you're going to stick pretty tight to who it is that you're playing. And if you look at our non-conference schedule, in basketball over the years, there's a lot of teams that used to be on there that are no longer on there. Clark, Knoxville used to be in conference, but still um, there. Boone, um, you, you start going through a lot of those schools, we don't really play anymore. So how many years are you going to get this done? Is it a one-year deal? You know, and most of the time when you look at like track, track just rolls over. And people that come to our, our meet, our invitationals, continue to come to our invitationals because that's it's always on that that same day you know the next year and the next year and the next year and so I think that to me is another piece how many years are you doing it is it just for one year two is it however many um and how does that shake out for you yeah I I don't disagree with that I'm I'm thinking back like soccer uh you know crawler schedules of a very heavy 3A. You were talking about teams we no longer play in basketball. So pretty much for a long time, he would play our conference. And then outside of our conference, almost everything else was 3A. Uh, and one of the reasons was better competition. Another reason is that if you do make it to state, it's all based on your wins. And you get three points for 3A, two points for 2A, one point for 1A. And, and side note, not every sport does that where they associate numbers and, and, and points to wins. So, sorry. Yeah. Like where football, the best Dowling could play the worst, whatever team, and it counts the same in they, sure the does. worst 11 man football in the state. And it counts yeah. the same as far as points. Dowling at 4A, now 5A, could play a class A 11 man team, beat them 100 to nothing, 
same as if they beat um, Southeast Polk. Which I, I don't understand the logic. Why don't they apply things like that across the board? That being said, Crawlick still doesn't really schedule. We don't have time for that. Yeah. Crawlick still doesn't schedule 3A North, you know, who has not been successful in soccer. But you could get the same amount of points. So understanding your state seeding system is important as well. Yeah. Little side note, North wouldn't play us. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Some of this. So also understand this, that that. Some of it has to be the other team has to agree to play you. So just because you want to play them doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. So, I mean, good, good example. However, I I don't think Des Moines North would say, yeah, oh yeah, that's great. Let's let's play North for that. Okay. Um, Here's another one. Do you think you're going to be pretty good? I remember back in 2004, we didn't have a week one opponent. We didn't know who we were going to play. We didn't know what was going on. Mitch Osborne from Harlan says, hey, we don't have a game either. How about we play each other? Having a conversation, I'm sitting in Mike Collins' old office down there where, where there's a hallway now um, to go outside. And I am having that conversation with him about, well, I think we're going to be pretty good. 2004, we had West Bromwell and Dan Starkweather and Sean Maudlin, we, we, Andrew Godfrey, we thought we were going to be pretty good. And so we scheduled Harlan week one. And we were in one heck of a dog fight in the first half. Anyway, so. Yeah. Then the second half was say hello to my little friend, Apple White. Uh, it'd be Applegate. Applegate. And, and the worst part was they moved Cruz to defensive yes. end and we couldn't block it. He was pretty talented. Well, he was and, a he was a really good running back, and turns out he was a really good defensive end. Well, and Starkweather and Maudlin cramped up and couldn't go. Yep, yep. Um, so I also think that has something to do with. Do you think you're going to be pretty good? If you think you're going to be pretty good, you're probably going to schedule somebody that's going to give you some competition, you know, over the years. And and, and I think that that makes a significant difference. Here's another one for you. I think when it comes to scheduling, do you have a buddy? That, that, you, that you are a little bit of a rival with, that you get along with really well, you know they coach well, you know that you coach well, and can you play them? And, and from, yeah. from well, the basketball you, well, side, of course you think. from the basketball side, I think of ADM. They always schedule each other. They get along really well. Obviously, both of them, I think, well, I think even the ADM coach is done now, but, but it, you, you just, you have coaching peers that you're with and, and that you go with from a football side we find out who's in our district and then the very first thing we then look at are conference schools that's the first thing the second then becomes rivals and conference is the first thing that we look at because we want to make sure that our conference schools are taken care of the pellet the dcg indianola which also happens to be a huge rival for us uh, warren county rival and then outside of conference, Pella, Oskaloosa, Newton, Grinnell. Then outside of conference, then we take a look at our rivals. And, and outside of that scope, you know, number one would be Carlisle. I mean, that's a trophy game for us. And so, and I'm speaking football. But that, that's kind of how things shake out for us when it comes to scheduling is we, we look to see who's in our district. Then we take a look at um, who, who's in conference that isn't in our district. And then 
we go rivals and that's how we how we come up with our list and then and then sometimes it doesn't matter because people don't want to put you down and they don't want to play and so then you just end up putting whoever down <laughs> on your uh, on your non schedule and then they send you west <laughs> and then they send you west but we only got one west whereas Indianola got two they got two wests they got Glenwood and Lewis Central we just got Lewis Central which not shocked, not upset, not complaining. We, we knew we were going to have to go that way. And so there are, there are so many things and so many factors that go into scheduling that it makes it really difficult for us to say, this is, you know, this is exactly how it goes. And, and each sport, each coach, each program has to answer all those questions as they get ready to make a non-district or a non-conference schedule when they're, when they're going to do things, you know, and where do they want to go run? Where do they want to go play as far as you know tennis and, and golf and, and where do you want to where do you want to play when it comes to basketball or who do you want to play when it comes to basketball and soccer and who do you want to wrestle which tournaments do you want to get into volleyball who do you want and what kind of what kind of tournaments do you want to get into and, and what kind of teams do you want to play I mean you, you just keep going down the list and I think it's significant for you to to answer all those questions the younger you are and the more inexperienced as a head coach you are the different manner by which you're going to answer those as opposed to somebody that's been around for a long time, I think. Well, one factor we're leaving out is um, we're blessed. Little Hawkeye is usually pretty competitive in about every single sport. So no matter what you schedule, you know you're going to have to run a gauntlet to usually win the conference. Yes, without a doubt. And, I mean, and to be fair, we are very, very, very fortunate where we sit with teams that are similar to us. We don't have to travel very far to, to play other teams that are similar to us or other schools that are similar to us. We just don't, it, it, it's, it's a fact. So that may, I think that makes a huge difference in that and that's very significant also um, as far as that goes, the proximity. We don't have to travel very far. Any final thoughts on, on scheduling? Nope. Okay, let's move on to the history. <laughs> I thought that this was a good time for us. And, and again, speaking football, because this is what, what I know best. Um, you, you, I don't know that you know it best based on where you're at with soccer too. I'm not sure which one you know best, but it's up there for you. So between the two of us, this is the one that we know the best. How about that? The, when the state started taking over non-district schedules, and again, this came down to things like us that happened to us in 2004, where back in the day, this is how it shook out. Your district schedule came out at 6 a.m., which usually was about 5.58, 5.57, depending on when they released it from, from the association. And then as soon as that 6 a.m. button hit and you saw who was on your, in, your, in your district, what you then did was you had AD calling teams that you had previously talked to about, this is who, hey, hey, let's play week one, let's play week two, here's where we're going, we're going home away, whatever, get it all worked out. And at the same time that the AD was working on that, the head football coach was calling officials to schedule officials because if you didn't schedule officials early enough, you got not very good officials, people you didn't want. And so it was a two-headed monster that always happened. And that morning of districts being released was awful. We got stuck in 2004, the spring of 2004, not having a ninth game, which ended up being week one. And then we got scheduled with Harlan. 
uh, side note, Harlan was uh, eventual state champion that year. So that went on for many years and the state did not hear the end of it. They kept getting talked to and complained at and, and um, lots and lots of phone calls, lots and lots of emails about this is unfair, this is not right. So then in 2012, they came out with sister districts. Rather than putting eight teams in a district, seven district games plus two non-district games, they went seven teams in a district. So you had six district games, three non-district games, which meant the schedule was odd and they partnered you up with a sister district. And so in week three, whoever was open in your sister district, that's who you played. And that was the crossover and that was the first time. And then in 2014 is when they started coming in, lessening the number of teams in district, increasing the number of non-district games and they took over um, scheduling your non-district games. That's when things started to happen that way. And then of course they introduced the RPI. And created, and created crazy playoff criteria which didn't really make sense. Yeah, 2015 was the last year of 32 playoff qualifiers. 2016 is when they went back to um, top 16 in, in every class. And I do believe that's also when they introduced the RPI. Uh, when actually in 2017 introduced the RPI. And then here we are, and this is where we're at. So that's kind of a little history lesson there for you as far as uh, non-district when it comes to football. Positive is MPEC. Um, actually, and it's funny you mentioned that, we had two groundbreakings, um, which I still can, can we just for a second talk about this? So it's not really a groundbreaking. It is them bringing in a dump truck and dumping dirt on the ground that you can stick your shovel in rather than actually digging in the ground. I just don't understand why that's the, the case. But anyway, I guess it's all for show anyway. So it doesn't really matter. However, the dirt that they put out there um, it was really funny. So Monday night, huge ceremony, lots of people talking, several people there, lots of photos being taken, and and the and the school district is very proud of it. And, you know, sending oh, we had our impact groundbreaking and things like that. And then the banana crew let us know um, through Twitter that they actually were the first group that had the groundbreaking ceremony, and they did it with bananas instead of with shovels. Um, which I thought was very clever, but they, the they did it at 11, about, they did it about 11 a.m. Right after the dirt got dumped, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> but it was great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the cleverness and huge positive for us. Long time coming, you know, and, and as I, I, I talked to Steve Albrecht on, on Monday night, um, I, I am embarrassed to still say that we're a 4A school in everything. And we still have one gym. That that is that it is tough to wrap your mind around. And here in two years, we will not be able to say that. And and it is going to be a long time coming. Well, we're certainly growing. There's obviously you can see that, but it's the same sort of growth. It's houses, houses yep. everywhere, yep. you know. And without industry, without business, you you can't. That retail, that tax money from those areas, it's hard to build schools without it. You know, DCG is growing a little bit differently right now. They're a little bit behind us, but they've got a whole bunch of business and industry coming in. And then, and then I think they're going to run right past us. Well, the, their their differences is they're growing, but it's it's industry. 
in business. Whereas we're growing and we're growing residential. They're going to surpass us in residential when all this, this business and industry and everything is, is done being built up for them. Okay, so are you ready for this? You ready? Yeah. This, this next statement does not include coming and does not include West Des Moines. Okay. So Spring Hill. Uh, Norwalk, not Spring Hill as well. <laughs> Norwalk city planners said we averaged what, well, uh, uh, now I forget how they said it. Great. We're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say a house a day, new housing start every single day, but I, I, it's more than that. It's, it's like we're for every single day, we're averaging like a house and a half, a house a day where housing starts. They're up so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and we've never, so we're at a level that we've never been at before. And we're not including coming or West Des Moines in our school district. It is, it is unbelievable how, how much we've grown in my time at Norwalk. It's unbelievable. It's not walkie like, but it's still unbelievable. We're, we're going to be we're going to be significantly bigger than most of the schools that we used to play um, that were bigger than us, like the Newtons and the Oskaloosas that were bigger than us. And now we are significantly bigger than them. But at the end of the day, huge positive, groundbreaking two of both ceremonies on Monday. Um, and then on Tuesday, they were moving earth. They, they came in, they took out the bleachers in the old stadium. Um, that concrete is now all tore up and they got rid of it. it. It is, things are happening. And, and, you know, it's, I think to me, it is really fun to see a building project go, you know, from, from the dirt moving to then the, the foundation and then everything that goes along with it. it it's a lot of fun um, to see that. And I don't know if they're going to put a camera up and do a time-lapse you know, of everything that's going on, but, but it would be awesome if they got that done because I, I would definitely uh, tune in with that. But well, they, they did last time. Maybe we need to remind them. Yeah. Positive groundbreaking. Um, just a reminder for all of you, uh, our one year anniversary is coming up on Saturday. We're going to do a show sometime over the weekend. And what I'd like to do is hear from you, you know, favorite episode, favorite moments, favorite guests, you know, et cetera, whatever, whatever you, whatever you want to share with us when it comes to the last year that you and I have have done this, um, let us know, share that with us. Obviously email or text is the best way to do that at this point in time. And um, what strange or odd food concoctions do you like to eat? I would like to know that too. And then if you have any other feedback, you know, some of the questions that we've asked here in the last couple of weeks, if you want to send those in, like favorite principal, I haven't heard, didn't hear a lot um, as far as that goes from feedback, but let us know what, uh, what your thoughts are. And uh, that's what we got. So this was, do you have anything final? Nope. Perfect. Episode 47, Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, I thought Woo! you were gonna... There we go. Thank you. I was waiting. I was hoping we were going to get one. I got to um, get a pause in. Talked about schedules. You know, talked about some of the other things in, in high school sports. Finally, finally got some information. Thank you, Natalie, about... Uh, um, rugby and then obviously i'm fairly lazy when it comes to finding that stuff out because all i had to do is type in iowa high school rugby and found out a lot but let us hear from you i appreciate you listening 
Um, appreciate you coming on. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021, episode 47, Rick Flair, Talking the Walk. I am Paul Patterson, signing off. And I'm Tom Scow. Closing time. Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show. Yeah.